Can I invite you to your feet for just a moment? And let, let me invite you. If you if, I'm wondering this, this afternoon if anyone in this place came to worship the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No, 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 I mean that. Did anyone come to this house? I know you didn't come to waste your time today. Is there anybody here who came to bless the name of the Savior, Jesus Christ? Let me invite you to take the next few moments, maybe 30 seconds or so, and give him honor, give him praise, give him glory, and saturate this atmosphere for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I may be a little old school, but I still believe that praise matters. I still believe that worship matters. I still believe that when we set an atmosphere, miracles can happen. I don't know if there's anybody in this place who came expecting a miracle from the Lord. But I believe this could be an afternoon of miracles. This, this can be an afternoon of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. So let me just invite you right there where you're at. Just somebody just to lift up your hands and give them praise and give them glory and give them honor. And say thank you God for allowing me to be in your presence. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. Fully present, oh God, leaning in to what your spirit wants to say to the church. I give you glory, God. I give you praise, oh God. I magnify your name, oh God. May your name be lifted up, oh God, in the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you receive that today, give the Lord a praise offering in the house of the Lord. Tap somebody say, come on, there's, there are miracles awaiting. See, come on, tap somebody say, there are miracles waiting in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I think I'm, 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 I'm a little old school in my ways. It, uh, to, to this extent, and it's the extent that I believe that when we, when we saturate an atmosphere that is conducive to God moving, God moves. Where it's not solely based on a program. It's not solely based on what we do day in and day out. Because that can become rather religious and monotonous. But I believe in a living God. I believe in a God that moves. I believe in a God that he says, you know what, if you, if you create an atmosphere where you say, this is my time, this is my hour, this is my place, these are my people, this is my church, this is my environment, anything can happen. Anybody believe that with me today in Jesus' name? Glory be to God. What an honor it is to be here. Let's get right into the word of the Lord. We're going to draw our attention to the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, the eight, 18th chapter. When you're there, say, I'm there. <laughs> what an amazing time we had yesterday at the leadership conference, uh, multiple leadership conferences yesterday morning. What an honor it is, and I'm certainly grateful to the overseers of uh, this house, Pastor Reverend Samuel uh, Rodriguez, Jr., and uh, Pastor Eva, and the campus pastors here, Pastors Charlie and uh, Betty, uh, y'all love your campus pastors here at New, da uh, New Season. Amen. Come on, can we show some love for this man and woman of God? It is an honor to be here. What a move of God we experienced this morning in the, uh, or the, the, I guess in the afternoon, right, at the Spanish service. But Jeremiah chapter 18. Are you there? 
already you're not following directions. I'm, say I'm there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 18. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot, who is it? But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Listen to that carefully. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best fit to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does? And declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O Israel. That any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider. There's another version that says I will withhold, I will hold back the good I had intended to do for it. Spirit of the living God, speak like only you know how to do it. God, our hearts are ready. May our minds be prepared, receptive. May our spirits be receptive to receive thy word, O oh Lord. Speak like only you know how to do it. You know the hearts and the minds of each and every person in this house, God, better than anyone. So I pray, O oh Spirit of the living God, that you speak with intricate detail. God, that even those hidden thoughts that are unknown, God, to anyone that people have not spoken, have not uttered, I pray that you reach deep inside and allow each and every person to know that you've heard their prayers, that you've seen their, you've heard their thoughts, you've read their thoughts, oh God, and you speak accordingly, oh Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak in a mighty way. And if the people of God receive that, somebody shout amen in the house of the Lord. Can I invite you to teach? Maybe bug a couple of people around you. Come on, a bug, maybe a friend or somebody. Just bug somebody around you. Maybe give them a little nudge. Give them a, a, an elbow and say, you better get ready. Come on, shout it to them. You better get ready. Because God will fulfill his purpose over your life. I'm going to say that again. God will fulfill his purpose over your life. God will fulfill his purpose over your life. I don't know if it's me or if anybody is experiencing the same thing. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know if it's me or if anyone in this place is experiencing the very thing that I've seen. I know there's one thing going from good to better, but there's another thing where it seems like it's going from bad to worse. Anybody been through a season where you think, Things should be going from good to better, and instead they're going from bad to worse. If, if you've experienced a season like that in your life, come on, raise your hand. I, I, I've got a word from the Lord for you this morning. Where we're, we're going to understand in the name of Jesus that when God has his hands on it, ain't no devil, ain't, there's no hell, there's no plan on, of the enemy that will prevail. God will fulfill his purpose 
over his people and over his body in the name of Jesus. And there, there, there are a few things that just really caught my attention as the Spirit of the Lord was driving my spirit to this text out of Jeremiah chapter 18. And that is that oftentimes we become accustomed to commonality. We, we become accustomed to God just speaking in the church realm, God just speaking within four walls. But the first thing that God does is he speaks to Jeremiah. He says, I want you to come out, O prophet, out of your comfort zone. I want you to come out from that place maybe where you're accustomed to hearing my word. And I want to take you to a rather uncommon place. I, I want to take you to the potter's house. Can I remind somebody this morning or this afternoon that you better get ready because God has ways of speaking even in uncommon places. God can speak to you in the midst of a marriage situation. God can speak to you in the midst of a child-like situation where your children may be wayward or you're having a problem or a challenge with your children. God says, I will speak to you there. God will speak to you in your workforce. God will speak to you in the community. God will speak to you while you're shopping. So I'm here to encourage somebody in the name of Jesus to lean in and open your ear to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Don't just wait to come to church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon to receive a word from the Lord. If you can lean in and open your spirit to what the Spirit of God is saying, God will speak to you even when you thought that God wasn't talking because God is at work in a supernatural way. Does anybody receive that in the name of Jesus this afternoon? Somebody shout, God, speak, speak, speak. to ask my, my minister Alex, would you join me here? Because I, I, you know, I only have two hands. And, and, and I, I don't want to draw your attention to this metaphor, if you will, that God is using to speak to Jeremiah in respect to God himself. I want to plant minister Alex to this church today that we're not talking about a metaphor of just any figure. When we talk about the potter, we're talking about a symbol of God. With his hands over a people. Let me say that again in case you missed it. God with his hands over a people. And God speaks to Jeremiah and says, I want you to go down to the potter's house. And I want you to observe. And, and it isn't until you get there that I will give you a word. And I know sometimes we, we get a little ahead of God. and We want God to speak to us and tell us beforehand what is it that he's going to do. And God says, if you dare to lean in and hear my voice, I will lead you to places and then speak to you and you will see a positive outcome. In other words, God will say, do you dare step out in faith and believe me for my word? I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen before you get there. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen after you get there. But if you can trust me, I will speak to you and I will begin to do things that you never thought possible. And God draws him to the potter's house. And I began to do my due diligence exegetically about this text, regarding to this text. And I said, Lord, what is it that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in regard to this analogy between Jeremiah, the potter, and the potter's house? And if you've ever engaged in what we call spiritual formation, and no, I'm not talking about some Eastern religion, mystical sort of centering type of modality, that's not what I'm referring to. 
What I'm talking about, if you've ever studied spiritual formation and just being fully present in the face of God, there's a, there's a, a, a word, a phrase that they teach in spiritual formation that speaks about being fully present and, 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 and just being able to lean in and hear from God. Somebody say centering. I did not catch that until the Spirit of God revealed this. Because if you understand the process of the potter and the clay, then you will understand that the clay cannot begin the process of pressure on the clay until the clay is centered on the wheel. The Spirit of the Lord said, you know why I haven't been able to mold some people? Because they don't spend enough time centered in my presence. You're here and there and there and everywhere. And, and God, is, God is playing hide and seek with you going, if I can just get you to be in my presence, I'm going to get the ability to mold you and create in you the very person and the very thing that I want to create in you. If you can just center in my presence. So I'm here to declare to the church in the name of Jesus. Programs are wonderful. Frameworks are wonderful. Time is wonderful. But I believe it is time in 23 in the name of Jesus for the body of Christ to get back to the face of God. For the body of Christ to get back into the presence of God. For the body of Christ... To say, God, I need to center. I need to, I need to lean in. I need to be in your presence. I, it, you've got to be the Mary of the New Testament. I know what Martha is doing. And I know everybody's busy. But as for me and my house, I want to be in the face of God. I want to be in the presence of God. I've been through too much hell to spend time away from the presence of the Lord. My marriage has been through too much. My children have been through too much. And I have not been able to resolve it. So it's time to get to the face of God because God wants to begin to create, to mold, to form us in his image in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, center, center. Tell your neighbor, it's time to center. It's time to get back into the face of God in the name of Jesus. And the, and the potter centers the clay. You're going you, you're, you're gonna to play the role of of the potter, a.k.a. God, in this, in this process. Just, you know, you, 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 know, you know what I mean. Okay, yeah. And, and, just, and he begins to work with the clay because the moment, he centers, the moment he centers the clay, then he can begin to give it form. Oh, y'all got to catch this. Let's say for all intents and purposes, and this is just an example. I don't want you to leave here and go, Pastor Charles says that my gifting is water. No, this is just, follow me here. Let's say that this is an example of what God wants to pour into your life, your gifting, the usefulness, the, the anointing, such as when God called David to be king, 
What is it that God is calling you to do? If God were to pour, and I'm not going to do it. I don't want to ruin our clay here. And who knows, maybe we won't be able to give it form. So let's say if I were to pour, as a matter of fact, let's do it. Watch this. We don't have another service after this, right? We can ruin this clay. Why not? If we were to pour, you got to get this. Tell your neighbor, you weren't meant to be this. You're in the potter's wheel because you're meant to be a tool, an effective vessel. What he is creating is a vessel, not a ball of clay. Y'all ain't getting me. Something that holds something. Something with an opening that holds something that can be useful for something else. But it's not visible. Yet. So if you were to pour the gifting before it goes through the process, the gifting goes to waste because it cannot hold what it was intended to hold. When the prophet anointed David, he anointed David to be king, not to be a warrior. David gets the anointing and goes back to his father's house to pasture the sheep. Then he hears that there's this giant named Goliath mocking God's people. And he goes out to meet the giant. When he is questioned, who gives you the authority or what background, what is your resume that stipulates that you can come against this giant? David could not say it's the anointing of a king. Because the anointing is over him, but it's not yet in him. What he says is, I've pastored my father's sheep. And when the bear and the lion have come against the sheep, I've been able to destroy him. And my past prepares me for this task. But God did not anoint David to be a warrior. He anointed him to be king. David could not be king until he goes through the process. I wish somebody would get this today in the name of Jesus. He had to go through the process. He had to find himself attacked by Saul. He had to find himself belittled. He had to find himself hiding in a cave. He had to find himself where his family's attacked. He has to find himself having to coalesce around 400 men who need instruction and need direction. And it was the process that began to prepare David, that began to equip David, that began to take David through the process so that he can flow in the anointing of a king instead of the anointing of a warrior. I'm here to tell somebody, it's the process that you've been going through that's going to prepare you for everything that God has declared over your life. Watch this. And the Bible says that Jeremiah looked and he saw the potter begin to give form to the clay. And he begins to give it, somebody say, pressure. Can I sort of step out and in a prophetic modality here and tell somebody in the name of Jesus that if you're a child of God,
if you're a son, if you're a daughter of the most high God, you may be giving credit to the wrong people for the pressure you've been going through. Some of you have been giving credit to the enemy. Some of you have been giving credit to the, you've been giving credit to the devil. You've been giving credit to your marriage. You've been giving credit to the finances, to, to bankruptcy, to your culture, to your children, to the education system, to politics. And God said, no, 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 no. And once again, no. If you are in my hands, any pressure that comes into your life is authorized by me. The devil has no power. The devil has no authority over your Live. Come on, I want you to tap your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, whatever pressure you've been experiencing is God's hands all over you because he is preparing you. He is molding you. He is giving you the pressure so that you may be able to sustain every purpose that God has intended for your life. And the pressure begins. And after the pressure begins, then the potter says, let me begin to create an opening. <laughs> and he begins to create the very thing that is going to allow you to sustain the very thing he has anointed you for. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I got news for you. That double portion anointing you've been praying for, that manifestation that you've been praying for, does not come without pressure. I, I know, I know you wanted to smooth sail through this, but it doesn't come without pressure. It does not come without pressure. But you are in the potter's hands, and he begins to create the opening so that you may be able to hold that, which this is what he's doing with the people of Israel. Because God is a God of processes. God could have said to creation, here it is, here it is, I declare it, done, boom, in an instant. But instead he took six days. Somebody say process. David could have been anointed a king and became king over Israel. But instead he didn't. He killed Goliath. Then becomes a leader over men. Then becomes king over Judah. Then becomes king over Israel. Somebody say process. Because it is the process that gives you the experience to be able to occupy the very thing you've been anointed for. Some people want the anointing without the experience. Oh my God, I feel the anointing of God in this place. Pastors, let me tell you, you have been through a process. And sometimes the enemy wants you to believe that, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I've been doing the wrong thing. Or maybe, maybe, maybe God has forgotten me. Or I don't know what's wrong with this picture. But I'm here to remind you in the name of Jesus that process gives you the experience so that you may be able to manifest the very thing that God has anointed you for. If you, if you refuse to go through the process, you better not, you better not believe that you're going to be able to flow and the anointing that God has deposited, wanted to deposit over your life. But here's my dilemma. Here's my dilemma. I, I love studying the Word of God. And, 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 and this text just messed me up. Minister Alex, this text just really messed me up. Because I read the text over and over again. And the Bible says that the clay... That he was working on was marred 
in his hands. And I said, this, this, there's something wrong here. I said, I can't believe, knowing what I know about the God that I serve, the God that created perfection when he created creation, when he spoke creation into existence. The God that I saw at work when my wife was giving birth to my firstborn. The God that I see at work when I don't understand and all of a sudden I see the manifestation of what he has done. And I realize in hindsight that God was at work all along. I couldn't conceive in my limited mind how a perfect God can work on something that will be ruined in his hands. How can there be imperfection in the hands of God? If he's creating it, shouldn't, he, shouldn't it come to perfection? I said, there's something wrong with this picture. I started doing my due diligence. I went into scripture. I went into, I did my, 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 my full exegesis and I couldn't come up with an answer. I said, I, I, there's got to be, I said, Lord, I, I need a revelation of what you're saying. And I started making phone calls. And those of you who were here yesterday, for the conference, you all know, Google it, right? Yeah. So I Googled it. I Googled potters in my area. And I made a phone call one afternoon. And a woman picked up the telephone. She said, I, I, said, I found you on, on, on Google. And um, are, are you, I see you run a shop. Is that accurate? Are you the owner? She says, yes, I am. I said, um, you work with pottery? I, yes, I do. I said, listen, you, this may be the strangest phone call you've ever received. But I'm a minister, and I'm in the process of sermon preparation for a word that I feel led by God to deliver to God's people. I said, I wonder if I can ask you a couple of questions. Can you help me? She said, as a matter of fact, I've got a few moments. Go ahead, shoot away. I said, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the biblical text, with the sacred text. I said, but the Holy Bible, in the Holy Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, there's a text where the prophet Jeremiah, God sends him to this potter's house, and he sees a potter working on a wheel. And it says that the clay that he was working with became marred in his hands. She says, what do you mean by marred? Is there, and by this I, I, I sort of knew that she was probably somewhat familiar with the, with the biblical text. And she says, is there another version that you can go to that gives me another word other than marred? And I said, as a matter of fact, there is. There's another version that says it was ruined in his hands. I said, here's my question for you, ma'am. I said, what is it about the clay that would cause it to be ruined in the hands of the potter. She said, huh. She said, well, 
She says the potter has to use wheel, a wheel, and he has to use water, and he has to manage and gauge the amount of water that he applies to the clay in order for ha to, ha to, to, to have its malleability and in order to, for him to give it his form. And, and, and if he puts too much water, if he puts too much little water, if he puts too little pressure, too much pressure. And I said, let me, ho let, let me hold you right there. Let me stop you. I said, I, I said with, with no, no intended disrespect, I said, I, I, I don't think you understood my question. I said, not what is it about the potter. What is it about the clay? She said, I don't know. Because everything about the wheel and everything about the forming has to do with the potter. The amount of water has to do with the potter. The amount of pressure has to do with the potter. The amount of speed has to do with the potter. It, it's all about the potter. She says, I don't know that I can help you, sir. I said, well, I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you nonetheless. She says, you know what? Before you hang up, something just occurred to me. She says, we're talking about an ancient text here, aren't we? I said, we are? We're talking about an ancient text? She said, well, here's the thing. And I don't know. She says, I don't know if this can help you. But here's the thing. She said, if I were to go buy pottery today, I go to the pottery distributor. And the clay that I purchase has already been processed. I started getting excited. My spirit started leaping inside of me. And I said, wait, 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 what are, what are, what are, you, what are you saying? She says, well, back in ancient times, the potter would gather clay from where he can find it in its rawest form and he would try to clean it up and make sure that there were no particles visible to him. And he would put it on the wheel. But here's the problem. The problem is that when he started working on the wheel, sometimes there is a contaminant embedded inside the clay that doesn't come out until the pressure is applied. I said, oh, Lord. I said, I'm about to hang up. Thank you very much. And the spirit of the Lord started dealing with me. She said, before you leave, there's only two things that can affect the clay. I said, what's the other one? She said, well, it's either the contaminant that's inside the clay or air pockets. I got news for you this morning while I was in our previous service. A woman came after me after the service. And she said, I used to do pottery, Pastor. She said, and what I found out was. That if we did not get rid of the air pockets from the clay, when we will put it in the fire, the clay will break or burst up and just, just explode. I went before God and I said, God, what are you saying to the body of Christ? The Lord said, there's two things that are still contaminating my body. I want to give them form, but there are contaminants. And I went to, back to the the word of the Lord and I started doing my due diligence and I found that the word marred in Hebrew means corrupted. And the Lord said to me, I want you to tell my people that there's some corruption that sometimes is embedded in their life and the moment I begin to give it pressure, the corruption comes out to the surface and destroys the very thing that I've been trying to make. The very thing that I've been trying to mold. 
The Lord said, I said, Lord, what do you say? What about the air pockets? God said, the air pockets are voids. And when people have voids in their life, they go after alcohol. They go after pornography. They go after drug addiction. They go after social media. They go after affairs. And God says, I'm about to do something supernatural in my body, but I want to make sure that every contaminant, that every bit of corruption, that every void has been taken out so that I can give it the form that I've been intended for it all along. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm here to tell somebody now, here's my problem, here's my problem, and hear me, my time is running, here's my challenge. My challenge is that if I leave this message right here, we have a problem. Because you look at me and you say, Pastor, really, you traveled a couple thousand miles to put more guilt upon you're guilty. I already know that I've been contaminated. I already know that my past has caught up to me. Can I be practical with you for a moment? Because sometimes we get so spiritual that we don't realize that it's not the spiritual that's messing us up. It's the practical that's messing us up. We got people with all kinds of anointing and they're not dealing with the issues in their life. And then it causes chaos in the body of Christ because we want to be all spiritual, but we don't want to deal with the contaminants in our lives. We don't want to deal with the fact that one leader cannot talk to another leader. We don't want to deal with that, that, that one, one faith background, one denomination does not want to get along with another denomination. We don't want to talk about that stuff. All we want to do is scream and shout and dance and pretend that everything's okay. But God said, if you're going to be everything that I call you to be, we're going to have to deal with the contaminants. We're going to have to deal with those particles because they're going to come out sooner or later. And I said, God, what does that look like? Let me give you just one, one, one practical example. Not so long ago, the Lord opened a door for me to do professorial work over at Oral Roberts University and become an adjunct professor. And when God opened that door, I received a phone call from, from one of the deans and he said, he said hey, I, I would love to have you on board. Let's, let's, let's begin this process if you're open to it. I said, absolutely, I'm open to it. I said, I'm a teacher at heart and I, and I, and I, 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 I would love to engage as an adjunct professor with Oral Roberts. Goes through the interview, pass it. Up the ladder, all the way out, up to the provost. Pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. Then he says, all right. Man, it's my honor to welcome you to Aura Roberts. I said, I would love to, he says, I would love to offer you an adjunct professor position at the university. He said, the only thing left to do is our human resources department is going to give you a call. Just provide your information, verify the social security, the date of birth, whatever's in your application. And they're going to run a background check and a credit check. Once that is finalized, you're on board. I said, fair enough. Imagine. Hold this microphone over here for me. If God has been molding me. To be a professor for his glory and impact the next generation. And molding me. Molding me. Preparing me. Academically. Spiritually. And then I get to human resources. And the next call I get is this. Imagine. That's not the call I got. Glory be to Jesus. Imagine if the next call that I get is this. 
uh, Mr. Omeda, Dr. Omeda, I've got news for you. You've been through the entire process, but unfortunately, due to your credit, we cannot offer you the position of professor. Somebody say corruption. It wasn't the potter's fault. It was the clay's fault. I cannot deal with some things in my life, and they came back to ruin the clay while I was in the potter's hands. Somebody say, you, you better have some good news, Pastor. Come on, somebody look at me and say, you better have some good news, Pastor, because I'm already feeling down on myself as it is. The Lord says, but I want you to tell my people something. I want you to take them to the, to the end of the text. And the end of the text says this, Minister Alex. The end of the text says, and the clay got marred, was corrupted in his hands. But he gave it another form as he saw fit. I want to prophesy to somebody in the name of Jesus. I know maybe you've been through hell, and I know maybe your past has caught up to you. But I'm here to remind you in the name of Jesus that even in this, despite everything you've been through, tu estás en la mano del alfarero. You are in the potter's hands. And if you're in the potter's hands, he's going to give you the form. I'll need somebody to shout. Everything's going to turn out okay. He's going to give you the form. He's going to create in you the perfect fit that he thinks fit. Come on, would you stand with me and give God praise and glory in the house of God. Somebody shout, I'm in the hands of the potter in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Come on and give him praise in the house of the Lord. Here's what I heard from the Lord. Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to tell my people that that pressure that they endured was necessary. Because sometimes in the midst of pressure, we can't foresee outcome. Sometimes in the midst of pressure, we cannot see the manifestation of what we feel we've been anointed to do. And many of you have been going through a season of pressure. And it seems like you take two steps forward and one and three steps back. Two forward, three back. But I came all the way from Pennsylvania to remind you today. You're in the potter's hands. You better catch that in your spirit. You are in the potter's hands. He said, if my people who have intended a blessing for Decide to do evil. Watch the text. It doesn't say I will demand a curse over them. Oh, y'all please catch this. Because the devil is a liar. The devil would want you to think that you've been cursed because of your past. That you've been cursed because of your sin. That you've been cursed. But God says through Jesus Christ, I have brought redemption to your life. He didn't say, I will curse my people. He said, I will withhold the blessing that I had intended for them. Why? Because if he gives you a blessing 
when you can't withhold it and when your mind and your spirit is not aligned, it may kill you instead of blessing you. I have a 27-year-old and a 20-year-old in my life, in my, in my, in my household, two, two daughters. When my daughter turned 16, imagine if I would have said to my daughter, hey, honey, come on, I'm going to teach you how to drive, and then get in the car, you drive, I'll be the passenger, which I did, the worst thing I've ever done. I actually got her into a school because I, I cannot take the stress. Anyhow, that's another story. Let's go, let's drive. My daughter gets in the driver's seat, 16 years of age, and decides to do 90 miles per hour. No, I'm not saying she did. Imagine. Whew. And decides to do 90 miles per hour on the interstate. And let's say I had a brand new 2023, I don't know, BMW, whatever. Toyota, <laughs> Honda, doesn't matter, whatever. A brand new car, ready for her. And I experience that at the age of 16, she's doing 90 miles an hour. I will say, I had a car ready to give you, but you're not ready. Because the blessing that I want to bless you with will actually kill you, not bless you. The corruption, if we can use that terminology, that's still part of you, will cause you to be hurt instead of blessed. So if I've intended a blessing for you, but you do evil, I will withhold the blessing. Somebody say until. Woo, I feel the glory of God in this place. Somebody say until. I came to prophesy to somebody that until moment is coming to an end. Come on, the pressure you've been going through has been preparing you to hold the very thing you've, you've been anointed to carry. Every bit of pressure has been God molding and preparing you into his likeness until you're ready to carry the anointing and the blessing that's upon your life. So I came to speak to one type of people and say, be careful that your past, the contaminants, the air pockets, the voids, do not come back to mar, to corrupt the process. Deal with it in the name of Jesus. But I came to speak to either that same group or another group of people to remind you. That that pressure, that every bit of pressure has not been the enemy. God has been preparing you to hold the greatest anointing, the outcome of the gifting, the portion, the answered prayers, the thing you've been created for, the thing you've been anointed for in the name of Jesus. I know the enemy has tried, but you're in the potter's hands, so you might as well begin to praise. You might as well begin to shout. You might as well begin to glory because you are in the potter's hands, and he will give you the form that he sees fit, and everything he's declared for your life shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive that, give the Lord a praise offering in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.
Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Come on, the enemy has no power or authority over your life. You're a child of God. If this is for you, I want to finish with a prayer at this altar. If you say, Pastor, that was for me. Come on, that was, man, I, I, I thought all this pressure was coming from the enemy. No, no, hear me. Let me tell you, there's nothing that's going to hit your life that God will not allow. That God will not allow. That God, God has got to have his hands all over it. Look at it. Do, you, do your due diligence. Go through scripture. As a child of God, God has got to have his hands all over if you're a child of God. If you say, Pastor, that was for me. I want you to come quickly out of your, out of your seat. Join me in this altar. Come on, I want to release a prayer before you leave. We want to release a prayer. Come on. That pressure you've been through. That challenge you've been through. That process you've been through. That squeezing you've been through. That challenge you've been through. That journey you've been through. Come on. Come on, it's only been preparing you. It's only been molding you. It's only been preparing you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. You're in the potter's hands. Come on, catch that in the innermost part of your being. Some of you have got to begin to declare that in this, on this altar, in this altar. I'm in the potter's hands. Despite the hardship you've been enduring, some of you have got to begin to declare, I'm in the potter's hands. Despite the journey you've been walking, some of you have got to begin to declare, I'm in the potter's hands. Despite the challenge you've endured, come on, you need to begin to declare, I'm in the potter's hands. I'm in the potter's hands. I'm in the potter's hands. Come on, say it. Declare it in the name of Jesus. I'm in the potter's hands. I'm in the potter's hands. Come on, as the minister's minister, as the pastor's minister, I'm in the potter's hands. I'm in the potter's hands. I'm in the potter's hands. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.